Thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy. Who is this man that walked on the scene? The one they called Jesus. Set 
2nd Corinthians chapter 2 2nd Corinthians chapter 2 thank you for participating there I uh, I love you too much to not stop I'm going to continue to push I'm going to continue to encourage and brother Paul we want you to do the same thing we are a whole lot better than what we give sometimes but he is worthy of everything that we have and everything that we are Last Sunday evening, <clears throat> I was speaking with some ladies, and they began to ask me some questions about the devil, about where he is and uh, where he can go and what he can do. And I began to study this week. I hadn't thought about some of these things in a long time. And so I built a five-point sermon, and I'm not giving all of them to you today. Don't worry. And uh, don't be scared there, but I'm going to give you at least the first two points this morning, and I will probably finish it up next week. Uh, but I want to talk about the existence of Satan. The existence of Satan. 2 Corinthians 2, I want to read one verse in verse 11. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. You may be seated. The existence of Satan. 
The Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and he is speaking of the advantage that Satan desires to have on every one of us. May I remind you this morning that your enemy is not in this room. Your enemy is not your spouse. Your enemy is not your brother or sister in Christ. It's not your children. It's not your parents. It's not the preacher. It's not the deacons. But our enemy is Satan. He is the head of all principalities and powers and darkness and all of the things that are evil and all the things that desire to attack us and destroy us. He is the prince of it. He is the head of it. He is the chief of it. May I tell you today that Satan is roaming about this earth seeking to devour us. The Bible describes him as a roaring lion. I believe that it is... Uh, would be in our best interest to get to know this man called Satan, this angel called Satan. I think we need to know who our greatest enemy is. I believe it is very important to know uh, what he is capable of, where he came from, and what he desires to do to us. I believe it would be in our best interest to understand the devices of Satan. Paul said that you be not ignorant of his devices. Do you know why we lose so many battles? Because sometimes we are just ignorant of the devices of Satan. Right. We are ignorant and lack the knowledge and understanding and wisdom of what the devil, the devil is capable of doing in our life. So many of our downfalls is because we are ignorant to his devices. Folks, we must know the enemy. We must get to know him. We must get to know his character. We must get to know where he came from and what he's capable of. An old Chinese general once said, if you, know, uh, if you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself but not the enemy, for every victory gain, you will also suffer defeat. We must get to know who the devil is. Now before we get down that road, may we understand and be reminded a few things about the Lord. And I think it's very important as we get down this road of Satan because we know that he was a created being. A lot of times there are thoughts in our mind about God and about why God did what he did. But there's a few things we need to remember. Number one, God alone is self-existent and the foundation of every being. Paul said on Mars Hill, For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of the poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Understand today that God is self-existent. He is the creator and the foundation of all creation. All creation from humankind to angels, to all the creatures that are walking and creeping upon the face of the earth, God is the creator of all things. Without God, there is nothing. He is before all. He is above all. He is the foundation of our life. He is the foundation of every angel that was ever created. God is self-existent. Before there was anybody anything in the beginning God in the beginning God Elohim three persons there God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit he always has been and he always will be 
Not only is he self-existent, but understand this. God is not the author or the creator of evil. There's a lot of darkness in this world that God gets the blame for. It blows my mind how we don't want to give him the credit for all the good things, but we want to blame him for all the bad things. Isn't that amazing? When good things happen in our life, we don't want to give him credit, but when something bad happens, it's his fault. Understand that in him is no darkness at all. God never gave anybody cancer. God never killed anybody. In fact, when God made man, he made us to live for all of eternity. Do not blame death on God. Do not blame sin on God. Do not blame suffering and sorrow on God. In him is no darkness at all. He is not the author of confusion. He is not the creator of chaos. He did not do this to mankind, but mankind did it to himself. Understand today that God is perfect. He's not the author of evil. But think about the third thing. God created every being to minister and operate for his glory. And I think that's very important for us to understand, especially as we're about to get on Satan, is everybody and everything that was ever created was created for the purpose to bring honor and glory to God. From the angels, to the animals, to the trees, to the waters, to human beings. We are created for one purpose, to give Him honor and glory. All creation... The book of Hebrews says that even the angels are made ministers for His honor and His glory. Every one of us is here for Him. To exalt Him, to praise Him, to lift Him up. Now let's get on Satan. And I want us to look, number one, at the origin or the creation or the beginning of Satan. If you would, take your Bibles and look in Ezekiel 28. Ezekiel chapter 28. Are you with me this morning? Ezekiel 28. I want to look in verse 11. Ezekiel 28 in verse 11. The Bible says, Moreover the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the psalm, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Now this is to the king of Tyre, but listen here, this is not just for him, but this is to Lucifer. This is to Satan. I want you to understand what he says in verse 13. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, topaz, and the diamond, and beryl, and onyx, and jasper, and sapphire, and emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold, the workmanship of thy tabrets, and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. I have set thee so. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in all thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence. Thou hast sinned. 
Therefore I will cast thee profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Thou hast defied thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities. By the iniquity of thy traffic, therefore will I bring forth a fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to the ashes upon the earth in the sight of all of them that behold thee and they all that and all they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee thou shalt be a terror and thou shalt be any more understand today that as he's given this to the king of Tyre this is really to the devil this is a description of Satan and in this we find the creation or the origin of Satan understand what he said there in verse 13 there at the very end it says that thou was created in verse 15 thou was perfect in thy ways from the days that thou was created understand that satan is a created being he was created by god satan does not exist by himself he exists only by the power and the hands of an almighty God. What does this mean, preacher? This simply means that while the devil may have some power, he will never have all power. While the devil may have some knowledge, he will never have all knowledge. Understand, being that he is created, he can never be self-existent which means that he can never be free from his dependence from the Creator. Understand that the creation will always stand subject to the Creator. While the devil is full of power, while the devil is full of strength and knowledge and wisdom, understand that there is one above him. As I look at the creation of Lucifer. As I look at the creation of Satan, I am reminded that he is a created being. That there is one above him. And I know there are times in our life that we feel like that his power is too much, that his knowledge is too much, that he's everywhere in our life. But understand this, he's not. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. May I tell you, he may have some power, but he doesn't have all power. He may have some knowledge, but he doesn't have all knowledge. Not only is he a created being, but he was a covering cherub. I want you to look in verse 14. <clears throat> it said that thou art anointed cherub that covereth. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. Cherub simply means an angel. You see, before the devil was the devil, he was an angel that God created to bring him honor and glory. Now, cherubs were angels that were created for the guarding of God's throne. And understand that the covering simply means the chief of. He was one of the head people around the throne of God, protecting and guarding the throne of God. He was an anointed cherub. Now we know in Scripture there are three main angels that God created at the beginning that most of the time we call the archangels. He created Michael. 
He created Gabriel and he created Lucifer. Michael was created in the, for the spiritual realm and he was simply a defender for God. Most of the battles that we see that God fought through the angels, he sent out through Michael. In fact, even at the end in Revelation chapter 12, the accuser is cast out of heaven from Michael through the power of Michael. Then we see Gabriel. He is, uh, he is made for the intellectual realm. He is the messenger that God has sent. From Genesis to Revelation, we see that God sent Gabriel down to bring some of his very most important uh, messages that he gave mankind. In fact, when he met with Mary, it was Gabriel that came and said, You will bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. And then the third one was Lucifer. This was the physical realm. This was the angel that would represent God in the physical realm. He was an important angel. He had an important place. He had an important job. Understand the devil has not always been the devil. Understand that Satan has not always hated God. Satan was used for good for a very, very long time. He was made for good. He was used for good for a long time. But I want you to look at his beauty. Look in verse 12. Y'all still with me? Amen. Look in verse 12. Son of man, take up lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto, unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and in perfect beauty. I want you to look there. And, uh, excuse me, in verse 12, in verse 13, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Then he goes through all the precious stones, and he begins to describe the beauty of Lucifer through these stones. And every diamond that was created described the beauty of Lucifer. The name Lucifer in the Hebrew means son of the morning. It means day star. It means morning star. You see, Lucifer was the most beautiful angel ever created in heaven. There he was representing God in the physical realm. And everything at his appearance brought God honor and glory. He was beautiful. This red guy with a forked tail and this pitchfork, that's not who the devil is. Understand that the devil was made beautiful, that he was the morning star. That he was the bright star. Understand today <laughs> that he was made beautiful. But he was not the prettiest. He was not the highest. He may be called the morning star, but there's not but one called the bright and morning star. Understand as beautiful as he, that he was, his glory was not as good as the God that he served. He was not as beautiful. He was not as precious. He was not as holy as a holy and righteous God. I want you to look, look in verse 15. Thou was perfect in thy ways. From the day that God was created, God created him perfect. He was perfect in all of his ways. There for a short time of eternity, there was unity between Lucifer and God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. He was perfect because God made him that way. Folks, we need to understand that Satan was a beautiful creation of God. But something went terribly wrong. 
Something went down the wrong road. Understand today as I look at his creation, I can see that his creation is similar to ours. There are some things that are different, but when I look at the rebellion of Satan, I see that it is nearly identical. The way that Satan fell from heaven. And may I say before I get started on the rebellion of Satan, how sad it is to live in perfect unity with God. To live in the glories of heaven only to be cast out. How pitiful it is to know God and can speak with God and be around God and worship God and desire to leave his presence. May I tell you that when we get before the presence of God, we will never leave it again. Nor will we ever desire to be anywhere else. But the devil fell. The devil rebelled. And it must be pretty bad to be there before the throne of God and say, I don't want to be there anymore. Or to say that I'm better than you, that I don't want to do this anymore. Folks, that's pretty sinful. That's pretty rebellious. May I tell you, there's not a place in this world like heaven. There's not a throne in this world like heaven. And the devil was so sinful and so rebellious that he was cast out of heaven because of his sin. I want you to look in verse 16. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence. Thou hast sinned. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee. O covering cherub, from the midst of the the stones of fire. Do you remember when the flood took place and God looked down and he saw the sin and he said he repented that he even made us. Could you imagine how it hurt God that Lucifer sinned? The Bible said that he had a moral fall. That he decided to sin and rebel against God. He decided that he was bigger than God. He decided he was better than God. May I tell you his problem is our problem today and it's called pride. Pride is what led to the fall of Lucifer. Pride is why there is a devil. Pride is why there is sin. Pride is why there is death. Pride is why there is a place called hell. Can you imagine the angels being in perfect unity, standing around the throne of God, and one of uh, the archangels stood up one day and said, I don't want this anymore. May I tell you that pride is so strong that it fell, that it came and became the fall of Lucifer, but not just Lucifer, but one-third of all the angels fell. From the grace and the sovereignty of God, one-third of the angels turned their back against God and said, I don't want it anymore. I don't want you anymore. Folks, may I tell you today that the demons did not start off being demons. The demons were created by God for His honor and His glory. You say, preacher, what are you trying to tell me? I'm telling you that what God has made so perfect because of sin is rebellious and defiant and they rebel against God. And may I tell you that God never desires that from our life. He never desired it from Lucifer. He never desired it from the demons. May I tell you if God had his way, Lucifer would still be an archangel. If God had his way, he wouldn't just have two-thirds of the angels up there. He would have every angel up there singing 
men for the honor and glory of God. May I tell you, if God had his way, no man would go to hell. If God had his way, nobody would be defiant to him. If God had his way, all men would be saved. I'm so glad the gospel's not laid out for the white men, the black men, the orange men, or the brown men. I'm glad that the gospel's laid out for whosoever will. Because God never desired for anybody to perish. He never desired for anybody to go away. I believe when Lucifer stepped out of heaven and was cast out, I believe it broke the very heart of God. Because God loved him. And he loved every fallen angel. And every person that's in hell today, God loves. And every person that rejects him and every person that curses him, God loves them. But there was a moral fall. And when there was a moral fall, there was a physical fall. He didn't trip and fall. Because of his rebellion, he was cast out. He was cast out. Understand that the or excuse me, the Lord would not stand for that. The Lord would not stand for that rebellion. He would not stand for that pride, nor does he stand for it today. If he will not allow his archangel to get away with it, Miss V, he will not allow us to get away with it. If he will not allow one-third of his angels to get away with it, he will not allow us. Now I want you to look in Isaiah 14. Y'all still with me? I'm almost done. As I look at the fall of Satan and the rebellion of Satan, it reminds me of myself. Do you know why there is a devil? Because of pride. Five times in this text that we're about to read, the devil said, I will. And any time that anybody outside of God says, I will, that's pride. And pride cometh before the fall. And any time that there is pride, a fall will come. Because when we get to pride, we forget about how big God is. And we think about how big we are. Or how big we want to be. I want you to look in Isaiah 14 verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground? Why didst thou weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart. Notice what he said. I will ascend unto the heaven. This was his desire for a better position. Apparently he had rain. Maybe not just on heaven, but on earth. And it said that I will ascend into heaven. Whoever thought or thinks that they have done enough to get themselves to heaven is ignorant and full of pride. You will never get to heaven on your own. I want you to notice the next thing he said. He said, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. This represents the power that he desired. You see, he wanted to get to heaven on his own. He thought he could go anywhere he wanted to, but there was one above him. And so he desired the very power of God. Do you remember when Satan and Jesus met up there in Matthew chapter 4 when he tempted the Lord? And he said, look at these kingdoms, look at these mountains. All these things will I give thee if thou will fall down and worship me. 
You see, he desired a power to a point and place that no man worshiped God anymore, but everybody fell down at his feet. Isn't it amazing that we desire power, that we desire prestige? Isn't it amazing how we want to be praised for the things that we've done? But may I tell you, the power of God will always rise above ours. May I tell you, while we may have a little power, he has all power. May I tell you that his power is above everybody. Third thing he said is, I will sit upon the mountain of the congregation. That's the authority. You see, he didn't want to have a God tell him what to do. He didn't want anybody saying, go here, go there, do this, do that. He said, I want the authority of my life. You know why men go to hell? Because they don't want to do what God told them to do. They want to do it their own way. They want to live life how they want to do it. And may I tell you, that pride will take you to hell. That pride will cause and bring a wedge between you and a holy and righteous God. There's one authority on earth, and it's God's. It's God's. Hey, this isn't my church. This is his church. This isn't my kingdom, but it's his kingdom. I want you to look at the next one. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. He wanted the position, the power, the authority, and then he got real cocky and just showed his pride. And he said, I will be above all so that I don't have to answer to anybody, that I don't have to look to anybody, and I will be my own boss. Then notice the fifth thing he said. I will be like the Most High. 2 Thessalonians 2, 4. 2 Thessalonians 2, 4. His desire was to be God. His desire was to be like God. His desire was to have power above God. He thought he could be his own boss. He thought he could... Desire to do whatever he wanted to do without ever answering to anybody for anything. May I tell you, folks, we got a boss, and it's not your wife. We've got a boss, and it's not your wife. I'm not real funny, but come on, y'all can chuckle at that. We've got one boss. And there is one person you will answer to. When everything is said and done. And what led to the fall of this angel is he didn't want to answer. He didn't want to subject himself to the holiness and the righteousness of God. Look in verse 4. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 4. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God. He opposes everything that is of God and that belongs to God. Child of God, that means you. That means God's kingdom. That means heaven. That means everything that represents God. He opposes. Why? Because he exalts himself above. Or that is worshipped. So that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. 
all the pride that we live with, all the pride that we operate in, to live a life that we think that we don't have to answer to anybody. Kids that do not know what authority means anymore. When an adult said something when I was growing up, it was ma'am or sir. Or you got your front three teeth knocked out. There was no such thing as what do you want? Yo, what's happening? There was an authority that you respected because there was an authority that you were going to have to answer to. Now I knew at the end of the day that I thought I was pretty high and that I had it all figured out. And there was times that I thought I could get higher than daddy. And there was time when I was 17 years old that I walked in the door and I said, this is my house. Uh-oh, was right. And he showed me real quick that it wasn't my house. Because no matter how old I get or how far I go in life, there will always be authorities that I must be subject to. And folks, if we cannot respect our parents, how will we ever respect a holy and righteous and living God? Now here it is. You will give an account. You will stand accountable. And I give all of these characteristics of the fall of Satan. But man, doesn't that sound like us? But boy, doesn't that describe our character? Who is God? Men blaspheme his name. Kids say the name of God in blasphemous terms. Throw it around like it's nothing. Who is God? One day he will show you. One day he will be revealed. In all power. In all authority, there's coming a day that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord and King of all. I'm an atheist. I don't believe it. Tough. You're going to do it anyway. No matter how much you don't believe, we'll never discredit the truth and the power of an almighty God. And here it is. If he will cast out an archangel, if he will not stand for the rebellion of an archangel, he will never stand for our sins. And he will never accept a sinful lifestyle, nor will we ever enter into his presence with that sin upon us. He is holy. He is righteous.